3: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to have a great conversation, as usual.
2: We are indeed, and it's getting to be holiday time, and that was what keyed up the conversation that we're going to be having today, which is hope and hopelessness for the holidays. And you had a mall experience that queued that up for you. You want to talk about that for a second?
3: Yeah, I was out. And I noticed that there was music playing in the mall. And for several years, you know, I guess because of political correctness and all of that business, there was no music. And going out to the stores was just dry. So, you know, it doesn't take much for me not to go. So, (laughs) not at all. And so I happened to be out and I noticed the music and it just brought about a really different feeling. But I also looked around and I could see or feel that everybody wasn't feeling that. They were there, but they weren't feeling it. And let me give you a really quick little example. You know, I was in the hospital with my mom about a month ago at that time, and I went to the cafeteria. And we were there days and days around the clock, so I was just trying to get away. And I got into a corner, as far as I could get away from everybody, and it had that you know plexiglass shield on all the tables. And for some reason it felt so isolated and I needed that, but I looked out there at a full cafeteria and just a few people had on scrubs. So I said, okay, the people in here that have on scrubs are working obviously, but everybody else is here and they are not happy because like this is a cafeteria. You don't come from down the street to get food at the hospital cafeteria everybody's in here because they're either sick or with somebody sick. And I started to really feel, okay, you're not the only one going through stuff, but the heaviness in the room. And, you know, I just felt a sense of connection or whatever. So at the mall, when I was walking through and I could hear the music and it really was nice. Also, I felt the same thing looking at some people they were there, but they weren't feeling it. You know, they were there because it needed to be or trying to be. And I thought, you know, and then I got a note about hopelessness. That's big. Oh yeah. That's big.
2: Yeah. I think there are four topics in there that are occurring to me. One is hope, which is a topic all on its own. The other one is hopelessness and that layers on top of the holidays. And the big piece of it, I think, has to do with the, quote, return to normal Uh, with a couple of years of lockdown and pandemic. And we're supposedly back to normal. And this is it. (laughs) This is all there is. This is what I waited two years for you know? So yeah, it's back to the mall. Okay, we can do that. I don't have to wear a mask and there's music and that's it. That's all there is. There's no heavenly choir. There's, you know, no skies parting and beams of sunlight coming down to lift me up or whatever. So I think part of it might be that unrealistic expectation that we have about how good this could have been and it's not.
3: Exactly. And expectations, I think, is really an important word because our expectation is that, as you said, go back to normal, But sometimes I try to connect with spirit going forward, the idea of moving forward. And it's not supposed to go back to normal. It's assuming that everything in the past was right. This is wrong, you know, and we got to go back to right. That's a hard thing to grapple with because that's our comfort zone in normal. But seeking a new normal is finding a new right A new comfort, a new fun place to be. You know, it's attitude and expectation. I found myself having this conversation.
2: I've been having this conversation a bunch of different ways lately. The perfect example is my spiritual community, New Thought Philadelphia, which was meeting in person every Sunday for a decade before 2020 came along and we had to shut all that stuff down. And we were meeting on the campus at University of Pennsylvania in a lovely little living room at the Christian Association house. And it was charming, you know, the wooden floor and the fireplace and the windows on three sides and the Steinway baby grand piano left over from the 1920s and it was cozy. We had been trying to live stream from there forever, but the University of Pennsylvania network was not set up to allow guests to do a live stream. So it just wouldn't work. And we had some pretty good technical talent helping us out with that and we couldn't make it happen. It was very frustrating. And then suddenly on March, whatever it was, 15th of 2020, we couldn't go back there. And we did the scramble and got ourselves onto zoom and started doing the celebration every week on zoom. And we did that because for a year or two, that's what we had to do. And the university of Pennsylvania still wasn't going to let us back into their building because they were much more focused on having students be able to use the facilities, which was fine. And along the way, The community has grown well beyond the folks who were able to make it into West Philly (laughs) on a Sunday morning. So we did a new member Sunday yesterday, and we welcomed in a member who is in Durham, North Carolina, who used to live in Philly, and another one who's in New Orleans, who used to live in Philly, and one who actually still lives in Philly, who's been around for a while and just got around to joining, and other people from all over the country. So we've got this new expanded footprint, this geography where we do the daily meditations. And last week I was the only person in the Eastern time zone. All four time zones in the United States were covered and London. And that doesn't happen if you're trying to get everybody to find a parking space in university city. So the rules have changed and we started going back to having hybrid services as well. So we get together in a theater or a meeting space, but we also do the meeting on zoom. That's the new normal. When we go back in person, there are people who are at a distance and are disenfranchised because, you know, they live in Milwaukee and they're not going to be there in the room with us. For the people who are local, they get to choose. So what is the balance point in that new normal as we're coming back into the next experience they're going to be having? And don't just assume, oh, we can get back in the room together. Let's all do that and forget about all the friends we've made over the course of the last two, three years. So the new normal is not like the old normal. The new normal is actually new.
3: Yeah. And I think that helps us adjust our expectations. It's not simple. Our expectations are that it will be like it was when it was comfortable, that was comfortable. New is not comfortable. So it's a bit difficult to adjust one's expectations to something that's not, that's an unknown. Now, some of us don't really care. Some of us have a tolerance for ambiguity. And so if it's different, it's cool. Like, hey, that's me. If it's different, I'm going with it. And I'm really not interested in going back the way it was, because sometimes you look back and say, that wasn't that great anyway. Let's see what you got. You know, (laughs) spirit, okay, let's see what you got. But again, it's that mental adjustment. And you use the word expectation. What do we expect? What is our hope? based upon. And if it's hopelessness, that feels like something you want is not working. Something's not happening. It's supposed to be like this, or i hoped it would be like this, and it's not. Those who are listening can fill in all the blanks, all the bullet points, but something is not going the way you want it.
2: Right. Well, I want to dive in and unpack that. And I think the way to get to hope is to start with hopelessness. And use that as a a leverage point. Let's take a break. And when we continue, we will go from hopelessness to hope and then hopefully beyond. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand? That's right. You can take it at your own pace. Just a quick note before we resume the podcast that, yes, there was enough procrastination on the program, (laughs) procrastinated on turning off the Cyber Monday pricing, so that's still available.
3: Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and check out the Practical Prayer course.
2: Yes, it is available now. You can take it anytime you want, which is the really cool part about that.
3: And I was listening to it, right? And I missed the part where you go at your own pace. Right. Right? So, And you can keep repeating.
2: Yes, you can. Yes. Does not expire.
3: Because when I took it forever ago, you know, I took it forever ago twice. Mm-hmm. And I have the recording that I was able to, and I got to keep repeating. So that's a good thing to say or a note. It's not like once, you get it once and that's it. You keep going back.
2: Actually, there's two pieces of that. There are the parts where you need to go back so that you can approach it freshly and learn something a little bit more deeply or get the nuance out of it. And then are the parts that are fun, that you just get to go back and do again. And all of that stuff is available in the on-demand class. You can play them back at your leisure and convenience. So we were talking about holidays, hopelessness, and hope. So I wanted to talk about the trajectory, because in all of that, the hopelessness is the one that we can really feel. It's that desolate feeling of forlornness. It's like whatever the situation is, it could be better. It should be better. I want it to be better and it's not. And I just don't have any optimism that it could possibly get any better. And that is a very low feeling. It's understandable when that comes along, especially in the holidays. You know, it's this time of people think it's forced cheer. I think the reason that the holiday season is when it is, is because it coincides with the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year, the longest night. It's dark, it's cold and we're getting the message that it's going to continue being dark and cold. And the solstice is actually the celebration. That's when the days stop getting shorter and start getting longer. So that's the turnaround, which is when we know that we can be optimistic, even though the whole winter is still in front of us. And so many different religious and spiritual traditions have the celebration around the solstice that we can call it, whatever our winter holidays is Christmas, it's Hanukkah, it's you know, whatever our festival of lights happen to be. And that is a way of institutionally reminding ourselves that there's something to look forward to, to try and relieve that feeling of hopelessness. Yes, it's Christmas lights and decorations at the mall and people being forced into jolly and happy sometimes feels a little bit forced, but the idea is to set up that framework to remind us that those sorts of things are possible. So there's the possibility that the opposite of hopelessness is hope. And I don't think it is because hope is wanting things to be different, yearning for things to be different, and not necessarily believing that things can be different. When we're hoping for something, we don't necessarily buy into it. It's like, well, would you like to get a new car? Well, I hope so. And what we're doing is we're keeping our good at arm's length. So if we're feeling hopeless, instead of feeling hopeful, what we really wanna do is feel optimistic. We wanna feel enthusiastic. We want to believe that whatever that new feeling is that we are seeking is on its way. You know, how do you want to feel hopeful? No, I want to feel joyous. I want to be having fun. I want to be lighthearted. I want to be skipping through my life or whatever that experience is, rather than to be hopeful, which is still sitting here wallowing in the muck, thinking maybe someday it's going to get better.
3: (laughs) You know, I always would say that I never liked that word hope. I never liked it because it always felt like wishing, and maybe let me wait and see and hope maybe tomorrow or the day after. You know, I just was never comfortable with that. Here's the thing about hopelessness. And everybody's been there. I've been there. If we were talking about earlier about so much of new thought to know, there's just so much. And every day with every experience, to me, there's a new lesson or a new awareness that comes up. And in the hopelessness, it is what it is. The situation is what it is, but I'm always in choice. And that doesn't mean I make the choice that I feel joyful. I'm just going to be bumping with joy because this music is happening. No, I'm feeling hopeless. I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling. But the one thing that this is personal, so I can't tell somebody this is what you should do. But for me, I'm saying, okay, spirit, this really sucks, right? This stinks, but I understand it because this comes with the situation, this feeling, but I expect I'm looking for something different, you know, in a day or two or what. I don't know when it's coming, but for me to look forward, look outside of the situation, which is a choice, it doesn't make me feel wonderful at the time, but it gives me something.
2: It gives you space, right? It gives you optimism and enthusiasm.
3: Yeah, it does. It's not easy. You know, I don't want to suggest that it is.
2: No, none of this stuff is easy.
3: But giving our listeners information means that here's another choice you might consider. And a lot of people that are listening know that I lost my mother recently. So there was the first Thanksgiving and here comes the first Christmas. And, you know, it's like not the greatest time to lose somebody. But one thing I know is that a lot of people are in this situation. And we'll get through it. You know, I'll get through it. And I put myself in a position to feel something different. So I'm going to make more trips to the mall or whatever, whether I'm buying something or not, because I'm putting myself by choice in a position to feel something different while I'm going through whatever it is. You know, I don't have to be conscious of it all the time. hundred percent. I use the word work, <laughs> but it is. It's good work. It's intentional. It's taking charge of my space for my own good kind of thing. What's for my own good right now? To get out and hear something or feel something. And, you know, as I go through whatever I'm going through.
2: Yeah. If you're sitting home by yourself or even just with your closed circle, it's shut down, it's closed. There's not an expansiveness in that. There's an inward reaching and a sense of limitation. Okay, we're hunkered down in the foxhole where we've been for a long time, where we were while we were dealing with a crisis. And now it seems like it's gonna be an awful lot of work to get dressed up and get out of the foxhole and go do something different. But you do, because otherwise you wind up in that same enclosed space that you had been in. You call it work. I like to describe it as transformation and also using the three act dramatic structure when the stuff that's happening to us that we don't like is in the second act. You know, we've met all the characters in the first act and kind of got all the expository stuff and the relationships are set up, and now the bad stuff is happening that's threatening our existence or our success or our joy or our future. And in order to get to the third act, we have to go through the second act. The resolution of all those challenges in the second act is what unfolds in the third act, and that's where the transformation happens. The work that you're talking about is what goes on between the second and third act so that we can have a happily ever after at the end of it. And whichever way we're looking at it, there is that delta, that change happening. And we have the opportunity to engage with that in dread, or we can engage in that with enthusiasm. So when we are eager to get to a new experience, but we don't necessarily think it's going to happen, that combination of eagerness and doubt, that's hope. That's hope. I've got my good. I know what my good is. And it's at arm's length. It may not come in. It's kind of like doing one of those prayers to a God who may decide that you don't deserve it. The answer might be yes. The answer might be no. The answer might be later and you don't have any idea. And so you just got to hope and we're giving up our power when we do that. We're giving up our ability to put our own limiting beliefs behind us and open to that new goodness and clear the way to let it in. Does that mean this is going to be a happy trip to the mall every time? No, but go.
3: <laughs> yeah. The power is in knowing, you know, for me anyway, it's knowing that this too shall pass. Everything changes. It may not change as quickly as I might like. You know, I was thinking about when I had surgery on my knees 15 years ago. I'll never forget that. I knew the pain was going to be there because I was worn. Once I got there, it was different than I was told. However, I knew that it was going to be over at some point. I just lived in the end of it. I lived and planned each day what I was going to do when the pain was gone and when I was able to be on my feet. And I'm telling you, I had so many plans. I had more plans that I could even follow through on (laughs) when I got better. The work, I think, is the decision to get through it and not let it damage me and beat me the heck up because you're going to get slapped around a situation of trial or whatever. You're going to get slapped around. That's the nature of it. But I'm getting up and I'm going to get through this. And I hope it doesn't take five years (laughs) to my best to find more and more things to bring in my space that are bright and cheerful and hopeful.
2: And if it could take 10 years, then I hope it is going to be five years, or a year, or a month. And we don't necessarily know where those pieces are fitting together. But we will bring into a prayer for the spiritual wisdom from Little League. And let's take a break before we do that. Get inspiration in an instant.
0: God Calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now, as you.
1: It's your God Call with Rev. Bill.
0: Start your two-week free trial today, and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Rev. Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun.
2: Let your light shine.
0: You can answer the call to listen to it live, or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally.
2: Whenever you write something, put on a gold star.
0: They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time.
2: Magic is loose in the world.
0: It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now.
3: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and it's prayer time.
2: It is prayer time. And we're going to take our spiritual wisdom from Little League. It's based on what we've been talking about today, about hope and hopelessness and that transformation and moving from the challenging situation in the second act into the successful outcome in the third act. And the spiritual wisdom that we can get from Little League is what the coaches tell the kids which is when you're keeping your eye on the ball when you're going to be hitting the ball or throwing the ball you want to follow through the idea for hitting the ball in little league is not to make contact with the ball because that's just going to tap and it's going to roll off someplace what you want to do is swing all the way through so that after you connect the bat is going to carry the ball and it's going to go out into the outfield or over the fence and what we really want to do is be cognizant even before we've made contact with the ball that we're following through, that we have that desired intention in mind. I don't want to hit the ball. I want to hit the ball over there. I want to hit the ball and get on base. I want to hit the ball and score a home run. So it's not just about maybe I can get a piece of the bat on the ball because a foul meets that criteria. We wanna be able to pay attention to what it is that we really wanna be having happen and not be hopeful that we're gonna be able to do it, but to know with absolute certainty that when we do our part and we connect, it's working for us and it's out of the park. So that's the prayer. It's about setting the intention for the completion, for the experience that we are desiring at the conclusion of all of this. And because everybody who is listening to this prayer has something different that we would like to have in our lives, some different experience that we'd like to be having, it might be a continuation of what's been going on for us already. It might be some subtle little difference that's happening, or it might be something completely new, a new relationship, a new job, a new opportunity to share our gifts in the world in a way that's meaningful for us. It shows up in lots of different ways, being able to serve and to share and to help and to be present or to connect with the people who are already together with. So whatever that means to you, be aware not of the Christmas wish list that you have. This is what I hope I'm going to get. But once I have it, how do I feel? Once I have that new relationship, once I have that new job or that opportunity to share my gifts and talents and skills, once my body is back to feeling comfortable and healthy and vigorous and vital, then what? do i just want to have that trophy say hey look how great my body looks what are you going to use it for what are you going to do with it how's that going to feel how's that going to change your experience so settle into the feeling of that settle into the feeling of that because that is the active ingredient in our practical prayer because there is one infinite creative power that creates everything that has created everything that exists and continues to create that one it's god it's nature it's spirit it's the big bang it's The source from which everything is flowing, that one has created everything. All the planets, all the people, all the places, all the particles, everything is that one, creating it fresh and new. And it's creating by sharing itself. The ultimate act of love, sharing itself. Because in the beginning, there was only that one, and it has been unfolding and revealing itself as all of its creation ever since the very beginning. So knowing that it has created me and each one listening, and that the ideas and the inspirations and the desires and the yearnings that we have for that next new experience are also created by the one. And that experience of having that is also created by the one. I open to that newness flowing into life, into our experience, not just thinking I want this change to happen now, but that once this change has happened and the transformation is present for each of us, the way the sweetness and richness and connection and vitality and comfort and health and prosperity is unfolding for us is rich and joyous and uplifting for each one of us, and for all of us. That's the good that I am inviting now. So I speak this word of invitation, of intention, and I release it into that creative law, the same one that has been created since the very beginning of time. And I know without any question or hesitation or doubt whatsoever, there is no hope involved in this. There is an absolute sure knowing that this good is underway now. And so I let it be, and so it is.
0: The Practical Prayer Podcast with Rev. Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com
1: Be-The-Light.com
0: Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results.
1: Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations,
0: weekly celebrations of spirit,
1: and Rev. Bill's classes in practical spirituality
0: at NewThoughtPhilly.org